your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. Have something to complain about? Call 608-785-7914. Better Hearing Center talk and text line. Brad Williams is like in and out of the studio the last 20 minutes throwing things at me. Not literally. That would be funny, though, if he just came and started throwing things at me. No, he's he, uh, he wants to talk about Cabot's hearing today in Washington, D.C. over the climate crisis and essentially this uh, media release sub- subtitle Climate Crisis Committee to Hold Hearing on Building Community Resilience in the Face of Extreme Weather from Climate Change. Uh, and then two minutes before we go on air, he hands me uh, a letter from Joe Gao, Chancellor at UWL, in regards to the art professor that went through, I, I guess we're, we, we'd be safe and just call it sexual misconduct, right? We just, I mean, that's, that's the, if we wanted to be very broad in inappropriate actions by a professor that were reported by a student. Uh, we, we can kind of get into that. We can read, I can read the, uh, the letter from Gao. I think the news team is working on putting something on the website. If it's not up already, I guess I could look, but I don't think it is because we just got this. Uh, so we can talk about those two things. I was driving in today Noticed a big yellow boot on a truck downtown. Kind of forgot, like, oh, yeah, the police department's booting cars that have over a certain number of parking tickets when they go over a certain number. And I can't remember what the number is now. I used to know all this right off the top of my head, but I think I'm losing my memory. So... It was just a reminder, like, oh, yeah, they're booting cars that, you know, aren't paying parking tickets. And then I thought, I wonder if they'll give that car an alternate side parking ticket on top of everything else because it's going to be booted. And if it's there for more than a day, uh, it's eventually going to get an alternate side parking ticket. Just add to the uh, and then two hour parking. It's just going to be full of parking tickets by the end of the week if they, they never move, move the vehicle. Interesting too, like how how that works too. They boot the the vehicle, and then what? Like, they, are they hoping the owner runs down the city hall and pays the parking tickets, and they take the boot off, or do they boot the vehicle? You know, maybe they just booted it an hour ago, and then they call a towing company to come tow it because, like, otherwise, it's just gonna sit out in the road, right? Like booted. I get like, I get that. The person hasn't paid a bunch of parking tickets and you need to boot it because, okay, we need to get this person to pay their fines. They have way too many parking tickets. And so we'll boot it. But leaving it in the road there doesn't make any sense because we're in dire needs of switching, getting our cars on opposite sides of roads for alternate side parking. Could be a snowstorm. We're still plowing probably. So I wonder like how long the boot actually stays on the car if they just immediately tow it like a couple hours later just because. They don't want the person to get away because they got a whole bunch of unpaid parking tickets, but they also uh, don't want it sitting out in the road. 
785-7914. That's the Better Hearing Center talk and text line. Someone's calling already. Caller, who's this? This is Brent. Hey, Brent, you're on the Crosstalk PM. Go ahead, man. Hey, Rick, they have, they have 48 hours after it's booted to go pay it at the city hall. Okay, so it sits in the street for 48 hours? Correct. Okay. And then they call bounce, you and think, that's towed down to Marco Drive. Do you think they get a uh, alternate side parking and two-hour parking tickets, too? <laughs> I just know when they take the boot off, when it gets towed, it gets a pretty hefty ticket on top of it when they tow it. So Yeah, I, I would it. understand that. All right, thanks, man. Yep. So two two days, essentially, that the car can, will sit before it gets uh, towed. Would be funny, though, if they kept giving it uh, two hour or whatever the, you know, he was parked just just past the, just near the bridge there on one of the side streets downtown. Would be funny if they gave him like the two hour parking tickets or one hour. I can't remember how many, I think it's two hours, two hour parking tickets and then alternate side parking tickets for that two days and then towed it. Then there's a towing charge. I wonder if there's a boot removal fee too on top of that. Hey, we have to. Charge him for that too, might as well, right? It's a little bit of an extra hassle. Uh, no, oh, another thing I, I was doing before earlier today. So I have a wash machine that I, I, I've always been told not to get the warranty on appliances when you buy them. And uh, sometimes I just, I, I get, I get sold on it. I'm like, yeah, that sounds like a good deal. Like five year war. So I got a wash machine some years ago, 2016. And it got the five-year warranty, so it seemed like a good for what I don't remember how much it cost, but it, I was like, "That's a long time." Like a lot can go, a lot can go wrong in five years, and you know the the extra when you when you buy the two-year warranty uh, for like on a TV or something. Two years, well, the the TV already has a year warranty, so if you're getting a two-year warranty, you're actually only getting a one-year warranty, even though maybe the hoops you have to jump through are a little easier. Uh, but five years seemed good to me because it was, you know, on top. Of, so it's essentially a four-year extra warranty because you, you always get like the year, right? So, and I just, this wash machine doesn't work right. It's one of them top loaders and it, the, the the technician came out today and he's like, yeah, it doesn't have an agitator. So, and the clothes don't get very clean. That's why I'm like, uh, the, the what is this? The Charlie Brown character that's Pigpen. I'm Pigpen when I come into work and... Um, anyway, so, so I'm on the phone with the warranty people, the warranty people, and I'm just jumping through hoops every time I have to call them. Hey, washer still doesn't, you know, I don't think it's working properly. I got to like hand wash stuff when it comes out of the wash machine, like what's going on. And so they're like, okay, we'll send out a technician. And the technician comes out and he's like, yeah, everything works properly. It's just, uh, you have one of those top loaders that doesn't, you, you essentially got to pour a five gallon pail of water into the top to, uh, to get it to wash, to get it to rinse properly. So then today, finally, this is like four or five times now I've called them. And the last time I called them, they go, okay, after four times of sending out a technician, we'll just replace the wash machine. So today I'm on the phone with the, those people for 45 minutes. Hey, have you tried this kind of soap? Have you tried this kind of soap? I'm like, dude, this is like the fourth time I've called you guys. And you said, like, I'm, I'm sick of catering to the wash machine. I should just have to use the soap that the, the directions say. Use this kind of soap. There's plenty of options. Why do I have to use powder soap and tablet soap and, and liquid soap and 
use this wash cycle. You have to use the bulk bedding wash cycle. You can't use the small load wash cycle. Like I bought the wash machine. I shouldn't have to cater to it. It should cater to me. That's why, that's why I bought the thing with a lot of options. And, and he's just like the guy on the phone just keeps going, keeps trying to get me to jump through more hoops. And eventually at the end, I'm like, Hey, you told me after four times, the tech's going to come out and say the washer works fine. And you, you would just replace the thing. Like, is that what's going to happen? Or are you going to send another tech out? The tech was out today. He's like, Oh no, I'll talk to whoever the superiors and we'll, we'll, uh, go through the, the, fine print about sending out a new washer and I'm like well I got five minutes to talk here I've only got so can you guys call me tomorrow he's like no we can't call you tomorrow you, you just have to wait on hold I'm like I can't wait on hold I gotta go he's like okay we'll call you tomorrow <laughs> I was just like are you kidding me definitely not calling me tomorrow so I'm sure I'm gonna have to do that all over again of course uh, I'm talking to someone that doesn't that, that whose accent is kind of hard to understand and uh, so it was a lot of like what did you say I don't really understand sorry I can't hear you uh, and then I'm getting agitated at this person who doesn't need to be yelled at because that's all they do on the phone all day, I'm sure. So anyway, that's my rant. Uh, let's take a break for news. We'll be back. Brad's going to come in here. We're going to talk about uh, Mayor Tim Cabot in D- D.C. today at the climate crisis hearing. We'll solve that issue when we come back on Wisdom. Only if we're lucky can Santa Claus land his sleigh on our roofs. If there's snow up there with this climate crisis, it's probably not going to be snow, Brad. I wouldn't say that. Oh, okay. Wait, that's not climate? (laughs) That's that's climate, but uh, it's not a guarantee of no snow. Um. Okay, so you did you listen to all of so Mayor Tim I, Cabot was in DC yeah, today. I, I heard heard about an hour of this uh, this hearing that happened uh, before the Senate Committee in Washington. Uh, okay. Tammy, Tammy Baldwin on the committee, and she was uh, one of the co chairs or one of the lead off uh, senators on the committee. It's it's chaired by a senator from Hawaii, so he was there as well uh, right. asking questions. And, and Cabot was there. Uh, there were three uh, of the. Uh, People who were now. There's a picture of the uh, that uh, Rick can see here. No, <laughs> it shows Senator Baldwin, and there's the the top of somebody's head, and that's Tim Cabot. Oh, awesome! We've got Cabot on in a f- photograph with Tammy Ball. All right, this is, so this was Cabot today at the hearing. If you guys want, yes, this is to mainly about climate change, but specifically he's talking about flooding and uh, that that as a result or a, a consequence of climate change. We have a very well-designed and well-executed response to when we're preparing for high river levels that include uh, temporary earthen levees. Our temporary levees are not meant to be in place for 90-plus days, and that, that was the case this year. Illinois communities along the river uh, lost as much as 80% of their season economy. Red Wing sits on the river just 90 miles north of La Crosse, and if Mayor Douse were here, he would talk about the damage they sustained and how the community of Red Wing is working to finance that recovery. Uh, We're looking at an estimated impact of over $2 billion in damage in the Mississippi River corridor and $4 billion over the larger basin. In La Crosse, uh, not only am I a a proud member of the Mississippi River Initiative, I'm, I'm also a proud member of the climate mayors. There are over 400 of us that are committed to 
meeting the goals of the Paris Climate Accord. Uh, our Common Council actually just adopted legislation this earlier this year for La Crosse to become carbon neutral by the year 2050. We also are very active in managing our, uh, our, our La Crosse floodplain, and that's especially critical because we have more than 1,900 structures that are located within the special flood hazard area, 90% of them built before 1971, before we even had uh, firm and, and flood insurance maps. So that was Kevin today in D.C. talking, you know, specifically about our area in terms of Right, and, terms and of how flooding. other communities like Red Wing have had uh, problems this year because of the persistent flooding. You know, the, the mayor is saying as much as the city would like to, let's say, fill in people's basements or maybe uh, take people out of the floodplain and move them to other places, uh, cities don't have the resources to do that. And uh, Senator Baldwin, in a release uh, after the hearing today, said uh, she's... Uh, working on that, introducing bipartisan legislation to help states rebuild stronger roads, highways, and bridges as they recover from natural disasters. And uh, now Baldwin has been to La Crosse earlier uh, this year. She was at a meeting uh, with Mayor Cabot and also some uh, mayors uh, from other cities in the area. This was at the Black River Beach House, and uh, they were talking about uh, what Washington could do to help out cities that have had flood problems over the last year, and especially, uh, she said, uh, recalling the uh, the storm, the flash flood of August of last year, where some areas uh, right around La Crosse got ten inches of rain in one day. Yeah, I remember talking to a friend just about you know they do a lot of boating and and the the fact that the the area is always in a flood stage where it's slow no wake. And they're like, are they just going to change that at some point so that we can keep boating? Because this is annoying. It's been all summer and we can't even speak. And I'm like, mm, well, I, I don't talking, think that's how it works. There but. is talk of it's extending the no-wake zone in in La Crosse, uh, north of Clinton Street. And that would mainly affect the Black River in some ways, but... Uh, it, it, it could also affect the Mississippi, but uh, yeah, this person was no wake areas. They, and they were talking about how every year the the flood stage where where the the city has to declare slow no wake in Up, different above areas ten feet. Yeah. it's a, and it's a no wake zone. You and can't like, vote. Every year it gets longer and longer and longer, and it's just like hmm. Well, I wonder that's why what's... the mayor was in Washington. He <laughs> right. wanted people to like, know about that. this. Is what's happening? Like yes. we and this is a, a a problem we have to deal with, and maybe we just have to you know. Get our umbrellas out and, and get used to uh, it raining all the time and being uh, at a flood stage. So I called Cabot before uh, before the show, just before the show, and was like, "Hey, let's let's come on and, and talk about it." He was like, "He big time me. He had a dinner to go to. He's out in well, DC canoodling with all the big uh, canoodling." Yeah, and uh, no, I'm just kidding. He he is still out in DC, but he said he will be back tomorrow and he's going to come in studio so we can talk about this all all again tomorrow. Um. Do we, do we have any well this this was also Cabot today yes uh at at the hearing in in DC it's, uh, more of what he was talking about more of the same more of the same but a little different yes most of, or much of our community was developed before there were flood insurance maps and so we have whole neighborhoods that have been developed that uh we're trying to look at solutions to acquire property to relocate to then raise you know uh, blocks but it's very expensive at the local level just one block in our town to acquire all the property to to you know deal with infrastructure it's it's at least three million dollars 
we, we don't have that kind of resource when you're talking about, you know, dozens and dozens of blocks. Um, and the, the real world or the, the human side of this, I mean, we have folks that are still pumping water out of their basements in October and November. Those homes have been there forever and ever, and the, the surroundings have changed. So what can we do to try to make their, their homes tougher and more resilient? We're doing some things like, you know, filling in basements and trying to approach it from that standpoint. Again, these are all small examples, but uh, when you're talking about neighborhoods in a, a large community, you can't just pick everybody up and and go somewhere. And that's that's been talked in other communities. I don't know if you've paid attention to that, Brad, where places like Coon Valley. Like, Coon hey, Valley, we- which was one of the hardest hit last year when they had those flash floods. Yeah, and it's, you know, every year people in Coon Valley are displaced because of flooding. And it's like, okay, well, you probably can't live here anymore, but... You can't just be like, eh, well, I can't sell this land because it's going, it's not really land all that often. Well, that was part of the problem in my hometown, Prairie du Chien, because you had the huge flood, the record flood of 1965, and the uh, St. The Ferial Island, which is right next to the river. Uh, there were many people who were still living on the island, you know, the, the first part of town that was developed by the white settlers. And uh, the finally came up with the solution, okay, we're going to move everybody off the island, we'll keep the Villa Louie and other things that are there, but uh, people can't live there because it just keeps flooding mm-hmm. badly year after year, and so that took many millions of dollars, and it took years to take care of it, but uh, that was the solution for Prairie du Chien. Gaze Mills, you know, Soldier's Grove actually is the one that uh, had had the problem uh, flash flooding in 1978, and they had to move the town or a large part of Soldier's Grove out of the area where the Kickapoo was flooding so mm-hmm. often. Yeah, it's, just, it's essentially we need a, a bailout plan for homeowners that you know they probably grew up in that area and and that's the that's where they live and that's the land they own and hey you can't live here anymore but your land's kind of worthless so good luck trying to sell it. And it's like, well, what do those people do? It seems like a, a dilemma that's growing, uh, you know, across across our area for sure, but I'm sure in other places too. Then you go back 50 years again where they were talking about, uh, once again, the flooding on the Kickapoo, and people might remember the Lafarge Dam project, that they were going to put a dam you know, right outside Lafarge, and that was going to build up a lake, and that's going to take care of the flooding. And people said, oh, no, that's no, there are environmental problems we don't want to do with it. And then they decided, okay, that's and there's still, if I'm not mistaken, uh, part of what was supposed to be the dam that was built in the area, and there was no dam. They still get flooding. Sure. Um, all right, we're gonna hit Scott's comment in the news. Brad, is is this up online yet? Or are you still it, writing? It, uh, that will be uh, online. We're we're gonna put it online soon. Okay. The, the the mayor. Well, we've we've had other mayor stuff, but the uh, what he talked about. Today, yeah. What he we'll talked. Okay. On. You're still working right. on that. And so. uh, we have. An immediate release from the city of Onalaska. This is something for, for people to ponder and talk about. Mayor Joe is going to have a news conference on Friday, which we assume may be related to the election, which is next year. But we'll have to wait until Friday to like see what his, he says. his election? His election. His election. Okay. Yes. So he's given the... Uh... He's given us three he's days, essentially three, three giving days us... notice that he's going to have something to say on Friday. It's It's the... It's... Take it to a Facebook status that says, man, I'm really sad today, period, and nothing else. And then everyone well, comments, could, hey, I'm, what's I'm wrong? I'm just thinking because next year is the election in Alaska that's, he'll oh, have right. something but to he's, say about he's, that. He's 
tickling us with no information. Hey, mm. big press conference Friday, yeah. and I'm not going to tell you. So, all right, go right. go go, Buck Joe and find out what it's about. <laughs> all right, thanks, Brad. All right, we're going to hit Scott's comment in the news. We'll be back after this. I'm with wonderful time of the year. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM, 608-785-7914, Better Hearing Center Talk and Text Line. We're just talking about Mayor Tim Cabot over in D.C. today at a climate crisis hearing, uh, specifically talking about our area and, and the, the problems that people in the Mississippi River and Mississippi River Basin go through when it comes to flooding and everything else surrounding that. I believe Eric from Sparta has been waiting very patiently. Sorry, Eric, I couldn't get to you sooner. Uh, you're on the air. Go ahead. Mayor Cabot went to uh, Washington to c- complain about all the floods we're having up here, and uh, La Crosse has floods every year. We went up there for is try to get a little bit of tea off the federal government, the federal memory, Gwen, so he can uh, pay some bills. He, he can't afford to pay himself because he mismanages the money. And as far as uh, where where is he mismanaged money? Well, I went to La Crosse today. I went to I don't ask her first. Had to go to. Um, Walmart there, and I, then I went around 16, and I turned right out of La Crosse Street. Talk about a lumber trail. Then I turned left to go on 3rd Street, and that's one of the worst streets in this city. Now, how, maybe you should ask them about it. They could give some federal funding to fix the roads of La Crosse. Now, one more thing. Joe Gallatin, this guy, that successful small guy out there, this art professor, he uh, resigned, apparently. I think the one he should resign is Go because this guy is these guys are such a little freak. He brings porn stars in and he covers up for these uh, people who commit uh, sexual assault or the students. He's the one that should resign as far as I'm concerned. Thank you very much. I appreciate your All right. Thanks, Eric. Well, if you're in Eric's corner, you're in Eric's corner. Uh I think he used the term mammary gland. Uh all right, so get into the Joe Gao letter today. Um, And it stems from a student who posted on Facebook a couple months ago about an incident she had with an art teacher from a couple years ago, if I remember right. I think it was happened when she was a freshman and I don't think she, if I remember right, didn't bring it up for a couple years actually. And then, uh, brought it up to people at the university. Nothing seemed to have happened. They didn't inform her. So then she po- posted on Facebook um, and spoke spoke about uh, Joe Elgin, chair of the art department, offered her private drawing lessons. And Kayla uh, had a story on wisdomnews.com a couple months ago. And she wrote, during one of those lessons, the student said, Elgin cornered her in a locked paper closet, asked her to remove some clothing, and touched her. Uh, When the fall semester began, uh, the student said she received no update from the university about the incident. Once she contacted UWL, she was told the lack of communication was an oversight. University instructed Elgin not to have contact with her. She said little to no action was taken, and she felt the matter was closed, so she shared her story on Facebook. And at that point, the art teacher was put on leave. (laughs) So it took her going to Facebook. So, hey, Facebook's good for something, right? 
Uh, so it took her going to Facebook, posting essentially a viral, you know, locally it went viral and a lot of people brought it up. But we talked about it here and uh, and it's been some time. I mean, that was in the fall of 2019. So and possibly before, I mean, she filed a report with the University of La Crosse in March of 2019. So it's been quite a while since anything's been done. And finally, we have some action from Joe Gao in a letter to students and colleagues. And I believe this is on the website. Uh, I think it's going up on wisdomnews.com. So you can kind of see, you know, the backstory here. Caitlin's writing it up, I believe. And, and she's going to have, it's going to be probably be a, a better explained with her backstory than, than me trying to do this off the cuff. But dear students and colleagues, This is from Joe Gao. I'm writing to share the news. The art professor and former department chair, Joe Elgin, will no longer be employed by our university rather than respond to recently completed investigative report into sexual harassment allegations. Elgin has indicated he is leaving UWL. Gao says, I had scheduled a meeting earlier today to provide Elgin his legally required opportunity to respond to the conclusion in the investigative report. Report, I don't believe we've seen yet uh through the teachers through the art professor's attorney elgin canceled our meeting gal says elgin received a copy of the investigative report november 22nd and the meeting he declined earlier today would have been his opportunity to tell his side of the story gal continues in this letter i'm eager to share the investigative report with you I found it to be thorough and compelling enough to move the process of dismissing a faculty member to its next phase. I firmly believe the testimony of the individuals interviewed by the investigators and I thank them for their courage and coming forward to tell us about their experiences with Professor Elgin. On behalf of the university, I apologize to them for what they have been subject to. I think that once you read the investigative report, you will understand why I feel the way I do. Uh, and he continues from there. Uh, you can check it out on wisdomnews.com in, in a little bit. Uh, but yeah, so this professor, our professor, decided instead of telling his side of the story into what happened in the paper closet, as Caitlin wrote on wisdomnews.com back back in, when, when did she write this? Back in September. Uh, he just resigned, essentially, I believe. Just no longer will be employed at UWL. Kind of weird how that happens, right? Like, oh, you're going to go through some stuff. Instead of going through that stuff publicly, just resign. See that a lot. Almost like they do that in the White House sometimes. Uh, so, Sai Tom, you're on Lacrosse Talk PM. Go ahead. I was listening to the radio. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, uh, climate change. Do you think that... Uh it would be possible for the global water table to rise. In general? What are you talking about? The, the global water table. They've been measuring water's depth longer than there's been a thermometer, I would surmise, because man is at a measuring stick since he had the cubit of his forearm, you know? Okay, you're just asking me in 
General of the yeah, Global Water uh, Table. Wait, that's risen? my opinion. That's my two cents worth. Son. Okay. Well, it was. I feel like it was a question. Well, it was a statement in question form. Well, is it is it rising? Is that what you're telling us, or are you just really just asking? I'm just like anybody else. I want. That's my two cents worth, man. All right. Hey, the river is full. It did not go down. Okay. All right. Thanks, Tom. Thank you. All right. That's Tom's two cents on uh, global climate change, I guess. The water table rising. Uh, Google it. I have to Google it. All right. So, where were we? I could go back to my my rant on uh, appliance warranties. I mean, they don't make them like they used to, right? Buy old appliances. If you see them, on, you should just buy the old ones that are like 25 years old because they never go, go bad or you could fix them better than the new ones. So Mayor Tim Cabot, if you want to reset there, he's in D.C. right now. He's actually at a dinner right now. He said he had a 6 o'clock dinner, which is 5 o'clock over here. So he couldn't be on today, but he's going to fly back home and be on tomorrow. Or maybe he uh, will be horseback riding back, as Trumple Tom said he should do. He should ride a horse to Washington, D.C. because of the climate crisis. Uh, I love that argument. It's a great argument. 608-785-7914, the Better Hearing Center talk and text line. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back after this right here on Wizards. It's the best time of the year. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM, 608-785-7914, the Better Hearing Center talk and text line. Kind of all over the place today. Climate crisis in D.C. meetings and uh, UWL letting, essentially, letting a art professor walk over sexual misconduct allegations. Number three is on hold. Number three was on hold. I didn't do that. Number three didn't stay on hold long enough. Didn't hang up on him. Uh, also going through wash machine hassles at my house. All right, number, number, number three's calling back. All right, number three, you're on the air. Go ahead. If I was you and had all your problems, I'd go buy a box to cheer and see if your girlfriend would wash your clothes for you. <laughs> Take them over to her house? Yeah. All right. Well, maybe I'll have to do that because my wash machine isn't working. That's what I heard. You got a lot of problems. And another thing I'd like to know is if this art teacher that got let go from the university, if he's still going to be able to collect his big pension and if we're going to pay his insurance for a while. Yeah, I would imagine. I don't know how that works. If he's, uh, you know, he's refusing to go to this meeting and essentially resigning. So I feel like if he gets fired, then he would be able to keep his his uh, insurance for a while, right? He'd go on Cobra for a while if he was fired. Well, but I don't he... know. You know, that university, that's an all-together different breed of people over there. Yeah. You know, they're, they're way different than you and I are. So, I mean, I think he's admitting his guilt, you know, as far as that goes. But it would just be kind of interesting to see. Yeah, I think uh, a little leg work for tomorrow. Oh, so much leg. Well, the mayor's going to be in here tomorrow. Are you excited? Just heard that I, I don't have to go out early for supper tomorrow night. I can tune into the mayor. Oh, you get it. Well, you could you could listen. You know, while while you're going out to supper, I thought you were on a fixed income here. You and your wife. 
I am. That's one of my uh, things that I've got allotted for. Oh, so after Trump got in, my stock market is doing a little better. I'm a, I wake up every morning a little happier than I usually do. And so you blow it on food. Well, might as well. I don't drink no more. Okay, <laughs> sounds good. Okay. That was a good. One. All right, Keep see powder ya. dry. Uh, all right, I think Bob is waiting. Bob, you're on the air, Lacrosse RPM. Go ahead. Hey, Rick. Yeah, I just like to make a comment about climate change. I, when you talk about climate change, it, of course, it's global warming. And uh, if you get people that are objective about it, um, the amount of global warming is so, so, so small that uh, it doesn't make any difference. What do you but, mean, small? Very small. We're what? talking about maybe one thousandth, one thousandth of a degree every fifty to hundred years. Um, but one more comment I'd just like to make. Um, and I hate to pick on the Democrats, but what they want to do is they want to <clears throat> they want to eliminate all gas and oil because of global warming. And if we eliminate all gas and oil, our economy will collapse so fast, and we'll go into, into a depression that we we won't ever get out of. Um, so I just like to make that make those points. Thanks. All right, thanks, Bob. Uh, Democrats want to take your g- gas and oil. That's where we're at. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. I think what we're trying to do is transition off of fossil fuels, and uh, the people running our not just our government, but you know all the governments. I think a lot of people are in bed with. Fossil fuel companies you get a nice little campaign donation here and there. Uh, if you hear commercials, I, 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 when Dad and I were fixing my 1996 F-150 that gets 12 miles a gallon. No, actually, it gets probably like 17 miles a gallon if you drive it nice. Uh, when we were fixing that in the garage, Exxon Mobil ads were listening to the football game. Exxon Mobil had an ad every every commercial about how they're going to use, I think, algae to fuel. Uh, cars in the future, so that's <laughs> that's Exxon Mobil, and I think they're contributing to the algae breakout. So that with with global warming, I think as the temperatures rise, uh, algae breaks out right in 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 our bodies of water. Therefore, there's more algae, and then we have to do <laughs> then we have to do more to to save our waterways. But Exxon Mobil is going to scoop in here and take all the algae and use it to power our 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 cars, right? That's what's going to happen. Uh, it's all conspiracy. Exxon Mobil fueling the algae breakout so that they can fuel our cars in the future because they understand that fossil fuels aren't the answer. It's algae. That's the answer in the future. Have you heard those ads during uh, NFL radio po- broadcasts? Probably here. I guess I was out of town, so I don't know if they were, they were playing during the Packer game here. Uh, all right, so... Tim Cabot will be in here tomorrow unless his flight gets delayed. You never know with the weather. And uh, he should be in here. We could talk about that. I drove by uh, along with seeing a boot on a car coming into work. I also noticed that the lacrosse center has is being dug up. That one main entrance there is under construction. So that has started, apparently. Uh Renovating the Lacrosse Center, forty-two million dollar project, but everybody's happy to to see. Uh, and on the other side of town, where UW Lacrosse, along with letting a 
Art Teacher Go over sexual misconduct allegations. It's building a field house for soccer and track. One of the best Division Three track teams in the country every year. Uh, libertarian guy is on... You got a Bluetooth now or what? You there? He's not there. All right. So I think Eric from Sparta. Eric, are you there? Yes. Go ahead. Um, regarding uh, refrigeration on the cars, it used to be R12 for refrigeration, and that uh, patent lapsed. I think went to 134A. And now you know what they're using now for refrigerant uh, cars? Go ahead. Nitrogen. Okay. They use that, all this stuff now. Nitrogen. Thanks, mate. Okay. All right. Thanks for that. That was very much needed. Uh, now Libertarian Guy, I believe, is on. Go ahead. It, yeah, it is. Um, I could hear you, but you couldn't hear me for some reason. Yeah. So my phone malfunctioned. Hey, I'm probably a little behind the conversation because I'm streaming you right now. But, um, yeah, I was, I, and I just texted this as well. But I'm, I'm kind of confused on this, this climate crisis that you keep referring to because we have people like uh, Ocasio-Cortez that said that we only have 12 years to fix the problem. And Obama, I understand, just bought a really expensive home on the coast, um, the same coast that he or, well, climate, act, climate change activists have said is going to be underwater because of the rising seas. And yet Mayor Cabot, um, if I heard it correctly, said that he wants La Crosse to be carbon neutral 30 years from now. I think he said by 2050. So there seems to be a lot of confusion on the part of the climate change activists. What's the truth here? What, I, what I kind think, of time frame do we really have? I think Obama has enough money in his wallet to, you know, fortify a house to combat any kind of flooding that he would endure with a house on the, what'd you say, on the coast? Yeah, on the coast. Of course, there's hurricanes and wind that comes from that. And, 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 you know, hurricanes have been known to wipe houses just off, you know, right into the ocean. But, but yeah, you're right. I'm sure he's got plenty of funds that he can just uh, pick up and move elsewhere if if the home gets destroyed. But there seems to be a lot of, of, of bluster about this climate change stuff. And maybe lacrosse, even if they're successful, even, even if they could change this, you know, be carbon neutral, say five years from now. The rest of the world is not going to, so I'm not. I'm not sure what price we will all have to pay if we happen to live in a in well, a community that would it would it be um, a price? Changes. Will it will it be a price to pay, or will that pay off? I mean, if you you could get to a, a place where, say, a, a lot of your buildings are wind or solar powered, and and uh, that doesn't cost any money if you're uh, once you're up and running, right? Like essentially, the sun is free energy, so. I don't know what I mean there's a price to converting to that that's what I'm that, that's what I'm saying is all the conversions from getting ourselves off fossil fuel is where the money and then we're not investing in better ways to to you know make electric cars more efficient stuff like that we're not investing in that as a as a country as much as we are you know maintaining the status quo of running you know cars that get 30 miles a gallon or less sure yeah, I mean, it's a complicated issue, and we can look at cars, or we can look at, you know, how we power our homes, or we could look at the military, and, and you know, how are we going to be able to defend ourselves if if we don't have fuel and, you know, jet fuel and stuff to, 
to fly our, uh, you know, to, to run our tanks and to fly our, our fighters. So I don't know. It's a confusing issue. And um, well, you know, T- Cabot will be in here tomorrow. So if you, you know, you got specific questions for him. I mean, I see your text here and I didn't get to him, but uh, if you got, if you yeah. got a text in tomorrow, I'll do so. So, okay. All right. Thanks for the call. Give that a shot. All right. All right, that's uh, that's going to do it for today. We'll be back in here tomorrow with Tim Cabot. I'm Wisdom.